Hello and welcome to this video. Today we're very privileged to have my dear friend Max Tang onto the channel to talk about his experience majoring in computer science and mathematics at Cornell University. Max is a second year undergraduate student at Cornell University and it will be a great experience for you to learn from what it is like studying at one of US best universities. So to get started, to people who haven't watched our previous discussion together, who are you and what was your background in high school? So, um, hi, I'm Max. I'm studying computer science and math at Cornell University. And in high school, I went to Dallas Boys School um, and did the International Baccalaureate in uh, Hong Kong. What were some of the subjects that you did during your IB? I did um, economics, chemistry, and mathematics analysis and approaches, MAA um, higher level. And I did biology, English, language, and literature, and um, Chinese B standard level. Ooh, hmm, that seems like quite a nice mix of different activities and um, different subjects. With, with such a big mix of STEM and humanities, what made you decide to do computer science and mathematics? Um, I decided to do computer science because um, it is basically a path that opens up to many other paths, right? Like after computer science, I can like start a startup. I can like be a finance bro. I can uh, like work at tech firms such as like Google. And um, what made me do math is, is actually, um, honestly, I, I've, I've, I've always been like interested in math through high school, but um, I was always interested in the engineering aspect of math, right? Like calculating, because that's the only option um, which, we were, which we were exposed in high school. But then when I came to university, um, I took the math courses. I mean, there are two versions of math courses, the arts and sciences one, which I am currently taking, and the engineering one, which focuses on calculation. And I took the arts and sciences one because I have no idea why. Um, engineering one is much more easier, but somehow I ended up at arts and sciences one. But um, it is kind of rewarding because it um, it focuses on like proofs and like, understanding the mathematical concepts instead of just using them to calculate um, and like do problem solving. So yeah, I would say um, I I'm choosing to major in math uh, because it really trains me how to think and how to think like inductively or just how to. Um, like articulate abstract con uh, concepts and put it in paper. Hmm. As an international student, I mean, we grew up together in Hong Kong. I mean, I, I I've known Max since we were both like six, so um, I've, I've seen I've we've seen each other grow up. But as an international student, how did you find that tradition or that transition to the U.S. in, in and into Cornell? Um, I would say it is very harsh but rewarding at the same time because i grew up in a local school in hong kong dbs well uh, like uh, joshua i kind of transferred out after six <laughs> years <laughs> but i stayed Too on scared <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I, I stayed on and i like well like while joshua was speaking i think english predominantly at his international school i continued to speak Cantonese for another six years mm -hmm. so um i would say at, like the language barrier is it's no joke at the united states because i, I feel like in UK, um, like um, I, have a, I have a lot of friends who are studying in UK right now, including Joshua, and and um, they told me that they're like the Hong Kong population there is is like significant, so they can honestly get away with like not knowing how to speak English at all at some cases. But um, I think at Cornell they accept like 
12 Hong Kong students every year, and like half of them doesn't even know what Cantonese is. So, because uh, <laughs> like, yeah, they, they're international school students. So yeah, um, uh, so I'm forced to speak English to everyone, which is harsh at first because I don't really, well, of course, like I know how to speak English, uh, but the only occasions I speak, I spoke English in Hong Kong, it's like during the English assessments, the oral assessments, right? So um, yeah, I have to like force my, myself to be more open, uh, speak more English, like even though my, like even though I may have an accent, I still um, want to like go get over it, like be part of conversations. So um, yeah, that, that's been very harsh, but I would say after a year of like forcing myself to speak English, I would say I my, like my English improved a lot. I can like communicate well with people here. And that has been pretty rewarding. Hmm. Yeah. What are three things which surprised you positively when you when you got to Cornell? Um, you mean like three three surprises? Yeah, like yeah. things that you just didn't expect happening. Because I mean, I when I went to Oxford, right? I I was expecting to be like everyone was studying and reading all the time. And one thing which surprised me a lot was seeing one of my good friends like drinking from like midday <laughs> to midnight, like on a very frequent basis. And I was like. This happens at Oxford. Like, what what are some ways in which you were surprised? I guess in the same way. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Um. So I would say honestly, like, mm, I would say the environment, because I remember when I was like first semester freshman, walking through the arts quad, which is like a very beautiful, um, like quad filled with like trees, um, very beautiful buildings like uh, I felt very privileged to be studying here because I've never seen anything like this beautiful before um so I would say like the the architectural beauty and uh, and uh, um strong academic uh, vibe there is one thing that surprised me and the other thing that surprised me is yeah probably like how as you said like how how people here play hard and work hard um like they can go clubbing or like they can go to parties um every wednesday and like friday saturday and they can still be on top of their work which is crazy and they still have and they also have a lot of extracurriculars on their side so yeah like um it surprised me how people work hard play hard um yeah and the last thing that surprised me is um I would say how how free I am because you know um in in high school I couldn't really skip lectures but in university I would say like sometimes when I'm busy or like when I'm not feeling well I can just skip it but of mm -hmm. course um like don't skip lectures kids like that's crazy but yeah uh, <laughs> yeah like actually don't skip lectures that is a very bad um thing I did last semester yes we'll get we'll, we'll talk a bit more about your lectures in a bit but but I mean before I I, I asked the inverse about three things which surprise you negatively I I do have a question does it ever has it really sunk in that you're actually at Cornell because sometimes I walk around Oxford right like I mean my schedule is absolutely jam-packed and I basically have almost no time to actually think like as Josh Yen, like as Josh Yen, the person I'm always thinking as Josh Yen, the student, Josh Yen, the founder of Logos Education, and just random Josh Yen, the philosophy for all YouTuber. But I never really think as Josh Yen, the person. And on occasions, I'll be walking through university parks at Oxford or walking through Oxford, and and I'll suddenly look around and I'm like, damn, I'm actually at Oxford, you know? Like that's crazy. How, do you ever have that feeling as well? You're like, 
how did I manage to get into Cornell? How did that young boy from Hong Kong who was playing basketball in Kowloon Zai Park get into Cornell? Does that, do you feel that? Yeah, obviously I totally feel that. But like, I would say I feel that the strongest um, when I was like first semester freshman, mm. like, I, yeah, like um, I told you, right, I was just walking down the arts class, like, bro, like how the hell did I get into this? It's crazy. Because like the thing about me is like, I mean, I, I, I'm like above, I mean, my grades are like decent in high school, but like they aren't like, like um, out of like maybe 250 people there, like I, I wasn't like top five there. So like, um, I was just, I don't know, I was just, I just felt very privileged, so to say. I felt very, very happy to be there. Yes, no, definitely. And it's a beautiful feeling to have, I guess, sometimes. I mean, I I guess it, it brings back a lot of nostalgia, but it, but it's a very sweet feeling to have. But I mean, I, I suppose that was a bit of a, a, a an emotional tangent that I, I just kind of came into my mind. Um, what, what are three things which surprised you perhaps in a negative way when you got to Cornell? Was there anything which stood out? I mean, it doesn't have to be three, but were, were there anything which just stood out to you? Like, I wasn't expecting that. Mm, yeah, so I would say how pre-professional this college is. Mm. So one thing about Cornell is, I mean, it's an Ivy League. So like most people here have daddy's money, so to say. Mm. So um, they... Um, how to say it? like I mean of course getting into Cornell is very hard right but to get into these clubs at Cornell it is another level um, so there are these finance clubs at Cornell um, which you have to maybe coffee chat people to to get into and I mean after coffee chatting you'd have to like do a first round interview or a round robin case interview and like a behavioral interview and a technical interview stuff like that so like sometimes I, sometimes I just think like bro like you're just maybe a year older than me like sometimes the, the person interviewing me is like the same age as me so it's like what gives you the right to interview me so i don't know but like that is one thing that kind of disappoints me is that like um even though at like even though in colleges that are so hard to get into like cornell you'd have to work even harder to access the opportunities in there so um that is one thing that disappoints me um and the other thing that disappoints me is how uh, like the weather i mean the weather is honestly well uh it, it is definitely um a lot worse than hong kong because hong kong is always sunny um but i would say like the summer here is very nice but like the summer only lasts for like two months like at least when i was in school right um mm-hmm. august to early october and I, I mean as of right now it is like october 19th and we have to turn on the heater already so yeah um it is it, it will get cold here and like seasonal depression is a thing so um that's what disappoints like other yeah. cornelians and me as well so um and the last thing that disappoints me is uh oh yeah like maybe it's just related to the first point but like how much cloud people have i mean of course there are a lot of like nice people here but um there are also people who think that um they are like above everyone because you know they got into this club and you know I'm, yeah uh, so yeah like sometimes people's ego is just too big to handle so to say mm, yes 
know, too egotistical to handle. I mean, that's something which I guess occurs in some sense around Oxford as well, I guess. And I suppose it's kind of the downside of being at such a prestigious university. You do have that kind of, you have a group of highly successful, highly driven and highly egotistical people who, who think they know everything and can do everything. I mean, of course, not everyone's like that, but it is one of those traits of highly successful people, I guess, that that, that does, I guess, have the downside of, of that experience. Now, now, perhaps let's turn a bit more to studying or majoring in computer science and math in particular. What is the workload like for you at Cornell University? Um, honestly, I would say if you go to lectures, it's like no problem at all. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a sophomore. So like during my freshman year, I took um, like my first semester was like kind of chill, right? Because uh, like, as my cousin told me, like, getting used to America is basically, like, a four-credit class, so I didn't really take a lot of credits first semester, so it's chill, but second semester, I took, um, three very hard STEM courses, and, and, um, at, at some time, it, it was unbearable, but then the, the tutorial system here is, pre it's actually pretty good, um, so for math, they have this thing called, uh, like on top of office hours, which you can like go there and like as your teaching assistant or professor how to do homework. They also have this thing called the Math Help Center, which opens at like 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day of the week. So if you have any questions there, you can go there and like get your problem solved. And I think this proved very useful for me because like sometimes like I just have a question and there isn't any office hours available. So I just go to the Math Help Center and get things solved. So, um, I would say like the workload is reasonable if you put effort in it. Like um, one thing I learned the hard way is, you know, in high school, maybe you can like grind the last minute and, um, and, and, and I'm use maybe like just a bit of cleverness to get out of it. But um, at college, you can't do that. At least in CS, like, you, like I, I know some very smart people and they still have to like put in the effort in studying. Of course, like maybe they, they study like five hours instead of 10 hours, but they still have to study. And uh, that's the thing about Cornell. Like um, there's no wiggling out and using your small cleverness to get out of things that you have to put the effort in. But, but of course, like if you put effort in, it will be rewarding and you will learn a lot and mm. everything will manage. That's something which is very true since I've gotten into Oxford as well, is precisely that idea that you have to stay on top of things and you have to put the hard work in. There is no way in which you could like wiggle your way out of writing a 2,000 word essay or doing the reading for a 2,000 word essay like that. You either, you either have done the work hard or you haven't done the work at all. But, but it's very important to stay on top of things. And that's something I definitely agree with you. Perhaps moving on and somewhat related, what's the day in the life like for, for you? Like what do you do in the morning, afternoon and dinner and how's your sleep schedule? um so so um let, so um, i would say let, let's start with a good day first like a productive mm. day yes so um sometimes when when i'm productive i mean this semester this semester i'm actually taking a lot less courses so um i would wake up at around like 10 yeah i would i would wake up around 10 and i would like just uh, maybe brush my teeth. I'll go down to have lunch, and after lunch, uh, my my first lecture is usually at twelve twenty. So I go to my first lecture, and sometimes I meet up with friends and do some homework, and um, yeah, and sometimes I go to office hours depending on the day, and and I would 
go back to the house at around um, 6 p.m. And it, it, it actually depends on the day because like sometimes I have G-Body meetings at five and sometimes I have to go to this thing called Startup Hours, which um, is like an entrepreneurship event every week at Cornell at 7.30. Um, and yeah, like I, I, usually I study between like 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I come back to the house around 7 p.m. I eat dinner. And sometimes I play a bit of like pool with the guys in the house or I play poker or like if if everyone's working, I just go back to my room and work. Um, yeah, so and sometimes I would also hit the gym at 9 p.m. with my friends. But yeah, oh, yeah, the thing is, like, I don't think there's a day in the life at Cornell. Like every day is different. So yeah. like it's kind of hard to generalize it. Yeah. Definitely. So you're one of those um, evening gym goers type of person that not like morning gym bros. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, oh, that's definitely part of it. Well, it's, it's been great talking to you so far, and I'm sure people have been enjoying this interview. Um, well, which um, leads on to the point which I always do halfway through an interview, which is, well, if you're enjoying this interview so far, make sure to like and subscribe. It means a lot to me and it really helps this channel reach more people. We want to reach everyone around the world with affordable and accessible college counseling and consulting advice. And and by, well, liking and subscribing, we know that you're enjoying these videos and that we can continue to get students at top universities like Max and like Eden from the last few episodes onto the channel to ask them about their college application process. Furthermore, I'd like to introduce you to two books that I've recently published, the US College Guide and the UCAS Bible. These two books have the information which has helped students get into the top universities around the world, like Ivy Leagues, like Oxbridge, like UCLA, Berkeley, and all those top universities. So if you're interested in studying at those top universities and really don't know where to start, these are amazing guides for you. Links to them will be in the description below. You can get either PDF copies at the Logos Education website, or you can get a paperback like these, really beautiful quality from Amazon as well. So with that in mind, let's carry on with the interview and talk a bit about more about your lectures. How do you learn in Cornell? Is it purely a lecture-based system, or, is, or are there some tutorials, group lessons, seminars? What's the way in which you learn material at Cornell? Um, I would say it really depends how good your professor is. Like, of course, like all professors at Cornell are very good, like they're very accomplished, but um, there are some instances where you just don't learn anything in the lecture. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like for real, like uh, for example, like in, I, I'm not gonna name the course, okay? But like in one course that I'm taking right now, um, in the first two weeks, you know, the lecture hall is packed. Like you have to actually like arrive to the lecture hall like five minutes earlier or 10 minutes to find a space. But like after two weeks, uh, the lecture hall is half full. And I'm pretty sure like, uh, I, like I, I'm pretty sure half of the class didn't disenroll from the class. So like there's still, they're still on a roster somewhere, but they just stopped showing up to lecture. But yeah, um, this shows that like some sometimes lectures are good, but um, it isn't everything. So I feel like how I learn is usually um by going to all, by going to discussions. So like how computer science classes work is that there's a lecture where you learn all the concepts, and there's the discussion where you um implement the concepts. Like you you do these small coding questions. Um yeah, so like. I would say I learned more in discussions and also, um, but I feel like I learned the most in the homeworks. Um, so like in my course, there is like tri-weekly or bi-weekly homeworks assignments, uh, which take a long time to do. There are usually like 
um, you, maybe you have to code this. Oh, I forgot what the last assignment. Oh yeah, like uh, like like the last assignment we have to use um, like a functional programming language to code uh, uh, LLM. Like the I actually forgot the whole the, the whole name for it, but it's basically, it's basically uh, a a language processing model like something for machine learning. So like we have to code it and and um it was pretty rewarding i learned a lot from it um so yeah i would say for computer science you learn the most by doing assignments uh and next it would be like discussions and the least it would be lectures and for math i would say i, I would say for math lectures are actually um more important because um it is a very conceptual thing so like by like uh, actually i tried not going to lecture and just reading text but it worked for a while but it didn't work when the concepts get harder mm -hmm. so um yeah so um the, so i would say for mathematics lectures are important and after lectures um th there's no discussions for my class so that like, you, you would just go home and do the homework and go to math help center for sometimes like for help sometimes but yeah i would say lectures are the most or it's like the best way to learn and after lectures like doing homework and actually putting effort in it like uh, of course like i know math gbc or chat gbc is this thing right now and it, and it actually helps but like um one, one thing i would do is just basically um like read the question first if i don't know how to do the question i'll like plug it in chat gbt and i'll just look at the first few lines or maybe the first line of chat gbt and maybe it'll give me some hints and after I get the hints, I'll do it on my own. If I don't get it, I'll continue looking at the second line and third line or fourth line, you know. So that's how I do it. But yeah. So that's a really brilliant way into understanding how you learn at Cornell. Perhaps to end off this um, interview, we have two questions that I ask all the guests. Firstly, what is the craziest thing which has happened to you since you've arrived in Cornell? The, our last story, just to give you some concept, was a story with Eden about how his bike got stolen out of his college and his air tag found within the bike was found in a swamp in the middle of, um, of downtown Oxford. So um, do you have a similar exciting story or what was the craziest thing which has happened to you? Damn. Well, I would say that's a very hard story to top, but um, let me think. Well, like one thing off my mind is, is uh, uh, like um, th there's this article um, I think published by Cornell Daily Sun, which lists 160 things you have to do at Cornell before you graduate, and um, and and one of the things is um, pissing at the law school and get J eight by that. Like J8 is basically getting suspended by that. And by pissing at the law school, I, I don't mean like pissing in the bathroom at law school, it's just pissing on the law school, like wide open. Um, and uh, during freshman year, like uh, well, when I got too drunk with my friends, we just like, I mean, like there's a law school and there's this really uh, well like railing and then there's a parking lot underneath. And, and then we just like walk on the railing and piss on the parking lot. It, it was pretty fun. And my friend was like taking a selfie the whole time. But yeah, um, but unfortunately, we didn't get JE'd by that. So like, we didn't cross that item off the list. But like, I would say that is one of the highlights I had at Cornell. You know, I have to say, American unis and pissing on things is has to come hand in hand because that's exactly what they do in Harvard as well. They piss on statues and kiss them. So it seems like um, Ivy these do have a love for 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 human urine, I guess. But um, I suppose to end off uh, the video on, I'm not sure whether you could beat that higher note, but on a more serious note. If you could go back in time and tell fresh 
pressure you before you were going into your freshman year? Some advice to studying at Cornell and what life would be like? What would you tell yourself? I would say um, speak more English in Hong Kong before arriving at uh, Cornell. And um, I don't know, like, be more social, to be honest, because in DBS, I I grew with, like, my friends for, like, 12 years or, like, six. And I didn't really have to, like, step out of my social circle and, like, meet more people, so to say. Um, but of course, I met people at summer camps, but, like, I don't know, like, because... Because I feel like socially, Americans are so much more ahead than like Hong Kongers, to be honest. Mm, yeah. Um. Because maybe it's because like American schools are so much bigger than usual. Um. But I would say yeah, like be more social and um. Yeah, I would because yeah, like apart from that, I have no regrets during freshman year. Definitely. Thank you very much for sharing your insights. I have to say, it's always a privilege to talk to Max again. I mean, we really grew up together. We, he's probably, I would say, part of my closest friendship circle I have. And, and you know, it's, it's always a really, it's a really great privilege to have you on to this channel. Once again, if you're enjoying this video, make sure to like and subscribe and share it with your friends if you think they would find it helpful as well. As I've said previously, our goal at Logos Education is to provide affordable and accessible educational content to the world. So by liking and subscribing, you could help in a completely free and accessible way. Now, furthermore, I, as I've said as well, if you're interested in getting into top universities, go check out our books, the UCAS Bible and the US College Guide. These guides contain motivational short stories, checklists, worksheets, and more, which has helped students like me, Max, and people like and Warren who've got into into universities like Harvard, Oxford, Columbia, Cornell, the list goes on and on and on. So make sure you go check it out. You could be found in the link below. Stay safe, my friends. See you soon. Thank you for watching and goodbye. I'll see you next one. Yeah.